everybody. It's Allison Kaskowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Um, I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So today I'm super excited about my guest today. Um, I am actually speaking to someone who's in Australia, if you can believe that. And so if you've been following me for any period of time, you know that I always I have the amazing privilege in this space of being able to interview some pretty cool people. And I do that for a couple of different reasons. One is, is so they can actually share their journey a little bit because everybody's journey is a little different. That's why we call this show the ultimate journey of self-care. But also we need to hear what works for other people, because especially over the last year with the COVID pandemic and the way everything has changed the way that we live, we need to hear about what really works for other people and what inspires other people. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. My guest today is Kimberly Spencer. She is a high-performance coach, and she is the founder of crownyourself.com, and she and I were able to connect online through some mutual friends. So, Kimberly, I'm so excited that we could do this. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here with you. Yay, yay, yay. You're in Australia. I still have to pinch myself, but I'm talking to somebody in Australia right now. I think it's amazing, Allison, the fact that, like, the internet is just made this such a connected global world. I mean, being able like having being able to have conversations with my clients in the Netherlands and in the UK and yep. in the US. And I'm like, it's just like I'm like, you all feel like you're here to me. Uh-huh. But when I think of, oh, if I, I I would actually have to get on a plane to see you in person, uh-huh. that's it's just it's just amazing. It's it 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 technology and the how far we've come in such a short span of time. Absolutely. It, just, it, it really, it, I, I get, I get wrapped in wonder with it. I really yeah. do. It really is amazing what technology has been able to do for us, especially over the last year. I mean, what in the world would we would have done without it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not, not having the platforms, it, it just seems like for those who were ready to step up for those mm-hmm. who were who like, it, it is not, it is, has never been easier to just step up, put yourself out there, and totally, you just got to do the work. I totally agree. So, so you're a high performance coach. Why don't we talk a little bit about what that means? So, for me, I assess the performance kind of like I use sports me- metaphors all the time. I am not the biggest sports fan, but I love a good sports metaphor. Yeah, me too. And and so with a coach. You have your player on the field, they're going through their life and they're having all these other players that are on there with them. So they have their relationships, they have their family, they have their career, they have their friends, they have their job, they have their boss, they have their um, employees, you know, they have all these different players that are on the field with them that sometimes they can't see those areas. There's also those players that are personified. So the player of money, the player of business, the player of clients, like those other uh, clients that they don't already have, like those other players are also on the field with them. And sometimes when you're in the game, you don't have the ability to see that perspective because you're so focused on just driving the ball home to where you know, Uh rather than being able to see all of that, all of the players that are at work and supporting you and all of the players that may be challenging you as well. Uh So as a coach, I have the ability of holding that perspective 
for my clients and seeing where they're being challenged in different areas, where they're struggling, where they're facing those, those where they have those blind spots. Mm -hmm. And then how do they, how do they not get tackled by them? And how do they instead tackle them or play with them or avoid them or, or get so that they get to that space where they get to their finish line, where they get to the end goal, where they pass the buck and do the shot. And like I said, eventually my sports metaphor gets lost in there. (laughs) (laughs) I get you. I get what you mean. No, I love that because self-care is so much about that because there's so many different, to use your language, there's so many different players in the game of self-care. Yeah. And it's like when I first start hear the word self-care, so many people think like fitness and like eating right. Right. And like in my book that's coming out this year, Rule Your Body, the self, like you can write a a book on how to like find your, like your body and have self-care by eat less, exercise more and eat healthy. But what Uh does that mean? Uh Like it could literally be written in three bullet points, but what does that really, really mean? Uh And for me, having struggled 10 years with uh, bulimia from the Uh age of 12 to the age of 22, it was never about those bullet points. I never even understood that. For me, self-care was how did I speak to myself? Uh How did I... Who did I surround myself with? Uh Who lifted me up? Who nourished my soul? Who encouraged me? Mm -hmm. Who like, and and how was I doing that for myself? How was I believing in myself? How did I lean into my own audacious dreams? How did I lean into my own courage and strengthen that? And, you know, it's so, I love how you say that because we forget how important those things really are. And when we're making a big life change, whether it be we're trying to lose weight or, you know, go on a new eating plan or train for an event or simply just make a commitment to be more active. I mean, not only does all of our past stuff come up when we're doing that, but it's so important to have those support figures in the picture with us. Exactly. And and so our biggest cheerleader does have to be ourselves because I, I see a lot because I work with so many high achievers. And one of the big problems I see with high achievers is consistently they're searching for validation outside of themselves. They're looking uh-huh. for someone to tell them a good that they did a good job. And while that's great and while you can get that externally, perception is projection. And we have this thing called mirror neurons. And sometimes we don't always receive those compliments, even if we maybe be experiencing them more often, simply because we don't, we aren't our biggest cheerleaders for ourselves. Right. Well, we should be. Yes, we should should be. be. That should always be priority one. We should be our biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. And how do we get from that space of being in what I call the dungeon of doubt to moving into that space of feeling confident, feeling inspired and having your life be possible. Like those yeah. dreams, the the desire, because I see, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. And so they come to me with this big goal of having freedom. Uh-huh. And yet in their practices and their daily practices, they're tied to their computer, they're burnt out, they're overwhelmed. And so I'm like, well, you didn't start a business to be a slave to your computer. So the self-care is a huge aspect of being able to pendulate from that space of hustle and drive and push and go, which you do need. And you do need that discipline. You do need that masculine energy. 
Uh-huh. You also need the balance of flow and of acceptance and of play and of of fun. And how mm-hmm. do you how do you navigate that so that you can have so that you can oscillate between the two? Yeah. Because one of the things, especially with self-care, is self-care like everything else in nature is oscillatory. Right. So we have those times that we do need to push at the gym, that we do need to push in a in a work, as I call it, a surge. Um, in, 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 and have those moments of hustle and of go and, and of drive. Uh-huh. And then we also need to allow for the rest and repair for the rest and digest. And so mm-hmm. often, especially with entrepreneurs and high achievers, I see that that's where the self-care is lacking, where the courageous action is not sending that one more email. The courageous action is actually you going to bed and trusting that you've done enough for that Oh, day. I could not agree more. I feel like when you reach a certain, well, really, you don't even have to reach a certain point in your business or your life. I think we're hardwired to keep pushing. You know, yeah. it's like I was telling someone the other day, I mean, at least in the U.S., we wear as a badge of honor, well, I worked a 14-hour day today. Like, that's actually going to help me move the needle forward. And don't get me wrong, there are days like that in everybody's business or career when you have to burn the midnight oil. But at the same time, you on the other end, you have to almost spend double the amount of time so that you actually stay recharged. So you show up as the best version of yourself. Yeah. And when it's coming from that place of push and force, I mean, I've had 14 hour days where I have gloriously not felt the time pass where I'm like, oh my gosh, I was in such a state of flow. Mm -hmm. I was having so much fun. That suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been at my at my computer doing this this work for eight hours. I need to go take a break. Like I uh-huh. need to go. But I, but that it, it's from that that energetic space of flow, fun, creativity uh-huh. instead of I have to, I should do. If I don't, there will be consequences. That fear of consequences. So it's a very different energy of yeah. the approach that you're taking. Yeah. So one is from as an energy of joy, of acceptance, of courage, of fun, and the other is from an a, a space of quite frankly fear of the fears of the have tos and the should dos and the supposed tos and all those 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 scarcity fears mm-hmm. that that do come up that are from that that because they're coming from fear, they then drag your energy down. Well, I mean, think about it for a minute. When we say, I have to do this, I've got to do this. I know I should do this. Think about when you say something from the space of, this is something I get to do today. I mean, that's completely different energy. Yeah. And especially when you're like, I am so excited to do this. Like I am, I am eager to do this. Like I am just like an eager beaver to hop on this podcast with you, Allison. I was so excited. Like, to be able to just do this work, like that's, yes. that's all like, that is a, di- a totally different energy than like, oh my gosh, I have to show up for uh-huh. all these appointments and I I have to serve my clients. And there's, there's a expect, like there's a different level of expectation. There's, there's two types of expectation. There is an expectation that comes from expecting great things for you. Mm-hmm. And then there is a level of expectation that is from a place of scarcity, of fear of not rising to that challenge, of a fear where you're constantly, you're still looking in the rearview mirror to see if you you do it. Yeah. Well, it, I think also we have to, you know, we're, we're not always the best at trusting ourselves, you yeah. know, and that's really where all this comes from. It's 
It's trusting yourself to know the right things to do at the right time. And tuning into your body to be able to listen to it. Like that's one of the greatest tools that we have is this vessel that we are, that we are in Mm -hmm. and our body is the domain. It's the, it's the realm. It's the palace of the subconscious mind. It's constantly sending us signals. It's constantly letting us know that there is something that's up. That's something that we may need to work on. And I say this as I'm about to cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. As I, uh-huh. as I rec- and, and being, it, it's constantly sending us those signals of like, do this, of listen here, of maybe you want to, maybe you want to, maybe you don't want to go down that path. Yeah. And it's when we tune that out and do the quote unquote logical thing, instead of following all three of our brains, our heart brain and our gut brain uh-huh. and our logic brain versus following our just, you know, oh, well, this should make sense. Like yeah. I see regularly with, with self-care, especially um, the belief of like, well, this guru, it works for this person. Why did like, it should work for me. Oh yeah. The copycat syndrome. I the call to- it. Co- total yeah. copycat syndrome. And I'm like, well, it may work for that guru. Like the 5am club, I have been a proud member of mm-hmm. for a decade at the same time. Now with being pregnant again, like this baby is much is I, I just I I feel that I to, to get a little woo, I feel the energies of my children and this baby I can feel is a bit more of a night owl. Uh-huh. And I haven't been waking up at 5 a.m. to uh-huh. to do my my full morning routine. I've I've adapted my morning routine to adapt to what it is that I'm feeling my body needs, and I'm feeling my body is loving having some enjoyable later evenings. Uh-huh. Uh, doing some really fulfilling purpose work and serving clients, then then waking up at five a.m. and having that level of discipline. Yeah, because I've done that. I've done both, and so it's not like I can't do either. Yeah, I've I've been a morning person for years. I, I had to learn to be a morning person when I was a grad student because I worked two jobs and I went to, and I, most of my classes were at night, so I had to make use of my day. But my mom loves to tell the story when I was a teenager. Even as a competitive swimmer, I hated getting up in the morning. I hated it. And so now it's like I'm so programmed to get up early. But at the same time, if anything has come out of this past year in, in particular, it's that, you know, I've I've almost learned to get learned to tell myself, you know, it's OK if you sleep till, you know, 630 or seven. You know, that's not yeah. very often, but it really feels like a treat when I get to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, I have what I call the, the one minute rule mm-hmm. of, I, I like, I used to never hit the snooze button, but I, if I, if I, if I hit the snooze button, it is for a glorious couple of minutes where I, I live into those minutes. Like I am the queen of my castle. I am the, uh-huh. the queen of that bed. Like I can take all the time in the world to be there. And I just luxuriate in that additional time that I used to never give myself, uh-huh. but it really, it really helped it, it for me that that's a, that's a form of self-care to be able to feel like the freedom to hit that snooze button and say, okay, I'm going to just luxuriate and just enjoy this. Bed. Oh, I love how you say that because I think, you know, we, it is, That's probably the one thing I hear from so many people, from clients and people that I talk to almost every day, either in this space or elsewhere, is 
we discount all these little things that we get to do for ourselves as yeah. not being that significant. Oh, it's not, it's only five minutes. Well, it's only 10 minutes. Well, it's only this. And it's, you know, we're based what we're, you know, when we tell, when we use language like that, we're telling ourselves that all those little things don't really matter. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, the little things probably matter more than the big things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, is that when you can really stack those experiences, Mm -hmm. the compound effect is massive. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like, I I like to tell people it's like compound interest. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, into investments or, you know, and everybody wants to have a comfortable retirement, but, you know, think about what compound interest does. It's like, you know, what did Albert Einstein call it? A miracle. I mean, The little things, think about the compound effect you get from all the little things. If we really stop to pay attention to that, what that actually means. Yeah. I mean, and the the, the little things of the just the little ways that you treat yourself, the yeah. little ways that you you do an act of kindness for yourself or you take that time for yourself. Yeah. Those those acts of self-care, they add up. So it's not like it's not about going to a spa and getting a full day spa retreat is like it, it's, it can be the, the spa can be in your mind of what, you know, just experiencing how the sheets feel on your body and how yeah. you just feel in those free first few morning minutes where you're like, I'm, I'm awake. I'm alive. I've got breath uh-huh. in my body. Like I could take all the time in the world, but I choose not to, because I choose to fulfill my responsibilities as a leader. Like uh-huh. that's, that's, that's where I, it comes down where I was like, I could, you know, do it again. But normally I choose not to. Normally I'm like, I would love to get up and face my day. Like I would love to get up and and get to service. Yeah. But taking that time is huge. Yeah. Well, and even if it's just a few minutes here and there, you're still, you're still making yourself a very important part of your day. And that's really what all of this comes down to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite, what is your favorite way to do self-care? Well, since being in Australia, uh, uh, I've been able to get massages here. Uh-huh. Uh, so that has been adding that in as a practice for this past year has been glorious. It I has bet. been <laughs> so fun having my twice a month massage that I just, I don't miss it. I always show up for it. It's always on the schedule and it has been a glorious experience. Other things that I love doing is I do love a hot shower. Like I know all so many books and so many gurus will tell you like jump into a cold thing. I do the cold thing after, but I I love a good hot shower to just start those creative juices flowing, just feel good. Uh And then to allow for that moment of choice and that moment of courage to then turn that faucet onto freezing and Uh just blast my body with it. And, and it's for me, self-care really is in the ownership and power of your choices. Yeah. So that I would like, well, massages are great. I would say that that is my favorite form of self-care is in owning my choice to do something or to not do something. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I love that. I love how you put that, the ownership and power of choices. We we often forget that we really do have a choice. You know, how many times do we hear people say, well, I had to do that. I really didn't have a choice. Yep. You know, was, and it's was, really sad because we really do have more choices than we think. Yeah. I was giving a, a talk to a whole room of college students back when, um, back in 2018. 
And I asked them, uh, I just, we just were diving into the power of choice. I said, well, who chose to come, come to school today? And they were like, they all looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, each and every one of you. And I said, who, who feels like they had to go to school today? Who feels like they were made to go to school today by their parents? Like your parents said, oh, you know, you're not going to skip class, go to school. And they all, like all of them raised their hand. I said, what if you just took ownership of the fact that you made the choice? Nobody held a gun to your head. And even if they did, there is the space to choose. Uh Like that's why I love the quote from Viktor Frankl um, in Man's Search for Meaning. He says, between cause and effect, there is a space, Uh there is a gap. And that, that space is your freedom to choose. Now, that's not to say that you may not like the, the consequences of one of the choices. Uh Like you can choose to, I mean, and this is coming from someone who survived the worst of atrocities in human history with, by surviving the Holocaust and go being put in the death camps. Uh So you may not always like the choices, but you do have a choice. Yeah. You may not always like what the consequences may be for making one of the choices, but you do have a choice. Yes, absolutely. I love that. My swim coach, the swim coach I had from, I started swimming when I was nine, same coach I had for years, always used to say that you always have a choice. You might not like them, but you've always got one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's it's a lesson I'm currently teaching to my toddler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this has been so fun. I'm so glad that we've been able to connect. So let's say that someone out there is listening and they're really feeling you know, excited and inspired, but they, they're just not quite sure where to start. And using like your coach analogy with all the players and everything, what would you, what, what's the best advice you could give somebody to start today? Get curious about what makes you curious. Ooh, I like, like that. Explain. So when I was first, um, healing from bulimia. I Uh knew that I was on a slow path, uh, a slow, I was bulimia and any form of disordered eating is really a slow form of suicide. Uh And I knew I wanted to live. Um, I knew there had to be a better way, but I didn't know how. And so I followed my intuition. I followed my curiosity. It's okay. I followed, I followed my curiosity into joining an acting school and that school and dropping out of college to be able to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, And by making that choice, by following my curiosity, I actually had the most powerful unlocking of my emotions. The same was true when I chose to become a certified Pilates instructor. I got very curious. I said yes to opportunities that were new that I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm interested, curious. Mm -hmm. And I said yes to the opportunity to get trained um, just as a, as a student. And I loved it so much. And I found such a love for my body through Pilates. I just was like, I have to teach this. And so I jumped into teaching it. Mm-hmm. And, but it was because I got curious. Yeah. So getting curious, like there is no linear path to anything. Uh-huh. And because there is no linear path to anything, uh, the curiosity is your intuition. It is that thing that says, go here, even if it's crazy. Like when, when my husband said to me back in March of 2020, wouldn't it be fun if we stayed in Australia? I was like, huh, 
And I allowed myself to get curious about what would that look like? What would Uh that be like? Where would, where would my business have to be to be able to support that? And I got curious and I had the answers. I said, well, my business is actually in a great place to support that. Like we can do that. We can be able to sustain that. And that curiosity led to us having one of the most powerful discussions that said, yeah, let's let's lean in, let's stay in this beautiful place so that, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions that we've ever made as a family. And I love that. I love what you say about being curious because it's so easy. So many people, when you have and get in a conversation with them, they just immediately shut things down when they, you know, that we get so, you know, one of the sayings that I like to use a lot is we get really good at what we do often. Oh yeah. And we, you know, we find ourselves saying, well, I can't do that. I can't afford that. I don't know how that works. You know, we I don't have the time we, for that. Yeah, We wait until we, we, we wait until we have all of the answers and all the information before we make a decision. And we're missing out on some of the best possible things that could, yeah. that could be happening to us when we do that. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, I mean, I have checked my curiosity every time someone has tried to get convinced me to do CrossFit. Uh-huh. I'm like, huh, let's, let me get curious about that. Is that something that feels aligned? Is that something that I would like to do? And my answer constantly circles back to no. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's, but that's me. Yeah. That, me too. I agree. I'm and, the same way. <clears throat> and that, and like, for me, I prefer Pilates and the elliptical and running, like that's more my jam. And so yeah. when I got curious, instead of like, to give you an example I was an exercise-induced asthmatic. I could not run a mile to save my life when I was 18 years old. I've now run five marathons. Mm -hmm. Um, And how was because as I was doing Pilates, I felt the parasympathetic breathing and I suddenly was able to breathe through exercise. Uh And I said, huh, wouldn't it be curious if I could actually run? And I just tried it. And I tried using the Pilates breathing in running. Uh And I was like, oh, that that actually works. So tra- curiosity is just like any other muscle. It is a muscle that does need to be trained. Yeah. And sometimes, especially in school, we're very much taught what to think and that we should think these things, like we should know these facts versus allowing us to be curious about what is really, what is really inspiring us. Yeah. What is, what is, what are we interested in? What, like, my husband's gone down this curiosity rabbit hole of like really going in depth with health and he's made some major changes to, cause he, he's, he does all the cooking. Uh-huh. Um, he's made some major changes to how we are eating, which I love. Yeah. Um, and just, just with these like really fun hacks and different things. And it's, it's because he got curious. Yeah. And, well, you know, and we just, we get, we get so stuck in doing things the same way. You know, that yeah. we often forget there it's, it's like, you know, walking into a room and having a choice of lights to turn on. Well, what would happen if you turned on another light? You know, it's kind of like entertaining the thought process that you use. Well, what if you decided to think something else? What would that look like? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest questions that you could ask yourself about any belief or anything is what if I'm wrong? Yeah. And yeah. for me, like, for example, with CrossFit, I've checked myself. I'm like, well, what if I'm wrong about CrossFit? I'm like, no, my gut, I, I, I check in. That's when I check into my gut brain and my heart brain. And I'm like, nope, 
it's still, it's still saying no. Like it's still, it's still yeah. a big no for me. There's yeah. no Fran in my future. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. Well, Kimberly, this has been so much fun. Where can people find you? You can go to crownyourself.com and I'm on all the socials at crown yourself now. And if you want, if you love podcasts like this, then definitely subscribe to the Princess and the Bee podcast on Apple Podcasts and all the other places where you listen to your favorite podcasts like this one. Uh, because we go into all the bees. You're from your babies, your bodies, your boys, your business, your bank account, all the bees that go into becoming the queen of your life. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. It's been really fun. So, and if you're, you're anyone out there listening is wants to check out Kimberly's show, please do that. You can find all of that in the show notes here, or you can find her at crownyourself.com um, and find all of her social media accounts there. Um, I just want to take a moment before we sign off and thank you for all of your support of, of this show and in this space. We are in 28 countries now worldwide. We, every Woo-hoo! week we reach, I know every, every week we reach more and more people and I could not do it without all of your support and you continuing to help me spread my message. My mission on this planet is to share the gift of a fit life with 1 million souls strong, whether that's through this space, through our programs, through our retreats, and through any other way that we can help make fitness possible for you. That is what we do. And I just appreciate all of your support and all of you continuing to help me um, spread the message of what self-care can really do to transform your life. Um, this is Allison Kaczkowski with the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. If you're feeling inspired and you would like to become a supporter of, the, of this show, you can find three unique offers on my website at cufitness.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com. And click the podcast tab and you'll find the three offers there. We have, and for everyone that will send you a free gift, these are one-time contributions of $10, $39, and $50. You can choose if you're feeling inspired, and I will send you a free gift as well as um, some pretty awesome other swag. So make sure you check that out. If you also just want to hit me up and tell me what works and what, what hasn't worked and what you're feeling really inspired to do today, please reach out to me at allison at cufitness.com. That's allison with one L, A-L-I-S-O-N at cufitness.com. And just let me know. Let me know what's what's happening in your world. I love hearing from any of you who feel inspired to share your story. Perhaps we could feature you one day here on the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. This is Allison Katzkowski with the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. 